seriously popular. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Chris, England and the home nations have been confirmed as hosts for the 2028 European Championships. Much celebration about that. I think England should feel quite lucky to be involved in that, personally. Yeah, I, uh, I've got to say I agree with you on that. I mean, we were both at Wembley, uh, in those horrific scenes at the the Euros final against Italy, where there was there was a you know the mobs uh, uh, getting into the ground. I mean, you think there were families there that day, football fans who were still scarred by that uh, that whole memory. So. You know, for for England to be rewarded, as you've quite rightly said, it, it does seem slightly odd uh, in that respect. And the final, I think, if I'm right in saying, is supposed to be at Wembley as well, which seems a pretty remarkable decision, if that is going to be the case, with what happened at uh, Wembley last time out. Why not at Hamden or in Cardiff or in Dublin? I don't, I don't get why England would be rewarded for that. Yeah, Wembley is the favourite at the moment to host a final in uh, five years' time and also possibly the two semi-finals, which I certainly would be against. I think if this is going to be a shared tournament, then it should be shared properly. Yeah, but what sort um, of message, what do, Ian? What, 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 I can I just say, Ian, what sort of message does that actually send? You know, we, we, can't, we can't forget what happened at the Euros final. Um, in, in 2021, the fact that you know the, the the correct security measures didn't seem to be in place, not enough policing, not enough stewarding. Everybody knew that this situation was evolving throughout the day. Not enough was done, and then you know I think if you're the sort of Scottish FA, the Welsh FA, the Irish FA, you're thinking that's remarkable that England messed up last time, and yet we're not going to get the chance to host a, a major final. Very strange. If that is going to be the case. I think, I think it's a very fair point. I think it's also worth saying that the FA have said previously that they have learned the lessons of what went wrong that day. And certainly they were not, um, the only people to blame for, the, for what you quite rightly describe as horrendous scenes before that game against Italy. Um, I don't think I'll ever forget what I saw, um, th- that day. Um, I just hope that the tournament is a tournament for supporters because I've been to lots of major tournaments in, in my role as a, as a, a journalist. I'm very lucky to have to have done that, uh, and every one of them I've enjoyed. But every one of them um, has convinced me more and more that the people who actually pay to go and watch these matches at major tournaments are the ones who aren't prioritised. Major tournaments have become about making money. They've become about television. They've become about corporate junkets. They've become about they've become about 
uh, hospitality hospitality for UEFA and for FIFA and their guests. They're about expensive hotels, um, expensive trains. I want this one to be different. I think there's a chance for the home nations to make this a tournament about football fans. And they've got five years now to get that right. Make it less about how much money we can make and more about how we can pay back supporter loyalty for years and years and years have not been treated particularly well at these tournaments. I agree with that. I, I actually think it's the case. This this isn't just uh, a subject just uh, solely for football. I think it's across all major sports now. Well, here's talk about football. England, England have a game um, tomorrow against Australia, a friendly at Wembley. Harry Kane, the England captain, said this week that he hopes to still be around by the time we're playing um, the Euros in five years' time. Is that realistic? Is it realistic? Well, he's, he, he's not a player who uh, has has ever been blessed. If he, you know, has one, I don't want to say weakness because you'll get a headline out of that. You may attack me for that, but he, he's never been blessed with great pace. He's a very, very intelligent footballer, a, a brilliant finisher. Will he lose a little bit of sharpness? Uh, and, and I suppose... The more pertinent question is, who are the challengers for Harry Kane's position? I cannot remember, and and you you know you'll 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 uh, you've got a better memory than this and, and greater knowledge uh, than me as you know as far as England are concerned. But when was the last time there was competition over a number nine position? I'm not sure there is the the competition for Harry Kane. Um, Dominic Calvert Lewin has quality, but isn't often fit enough. Um, Callum Wilson is a very good centre forward. Is he an inter- is he international class? Not sure. Ivan Tony has a lot to prove. You know, in fairness to Harry Kane, he's seen off all the challenges, and it's you're quite right. It's actually pretty boring, isn't it? Uh, the fact that you know Gareth has, I suppose, there are other areas of the field where well, virtually every other area where there's so much competition for places. Uh, I mean, I think I said um, last week about Dan Byrne not getting the opportunity for England. I find that quite astonishing. You know, I, I really, really do with the the, uh, the sort of left-back situation at this moment in time. No natural lefty. Dan Byrne is flying. I know he's 30, 30, 31, whatever he is. But on form, he deserves the chance. But Harry Kane has seen off all the uh, all the opposition to, to his place. So it's very hard to see somebody, you know, who who's actually going to be the replacement. I think you mentioned Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Do you know what, though? And this is a big if. If he does get fit and uh, and uh, and he's able to have a, a run of games and, and a, a full season, then I've got to say, I do think he's probably the most gifted out of uh, all the other players we've mentioned. Going back to your Dan, Dan Byrne point, which we clashed about on this show last week, you know why I don't really think that Dan Byrne can play as a left-back for England? No, I don't know. He's too tall. He's too tall. He's too tall. I just don't like the thought of a six foot three left back. It just doesn't it's look right. When you when you look I at think, team, I think he's taller than six foot three. When you look at your team, you're doing you're doing you're doing him you out of a couple team, of inches have, there. Every inch counts. Come on. You should have when you look at your team. You should have you know two smallest fullbacks and then two tall centre halves. It just looks right. It just looks right. I just think that you, you that's the that's the reason. If you know if Dan was. Two or three inches shorter, maybe. Maybe we'd have a shout. But let's just, not for not not for me. Let's now, just talking let's, no, about no 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 no. We cannot move on from this point. Your tongue is firmly in your cheek. There. When did we have 
a six foot four fullback in international football. About over the years, you have argued as a journalist that players should be picked on current form. I bet you've argued that pretty regularly. I may, I may be wrong. So then what's different about that? Just, be, just, just because you're not the tallest, what's your issue? Just don't think your fullback should ever be taller than your centre halves. That's all. If I if I was you, I'd get my coat and I'd go out for a long walk and I'd start asking myself serious questions. If I was you, you need to have a good look at yourself. You need to evaluate where your career is heading. If that is your view, dear me, go outside for a walk and have a good look at yourself. I'm not quite sure how you do those things. <laughs> Take a at, mirror at the same time. Now, one England striker, former England striker, former England captain who's in the news, Wayne Rooney, um, is now the new manager of Birmingham City. Um, said on uh, at the weekend at his farewell press conference in America at DC United that he was leaving America to come home and see the family. And if an opportunity came along, then he would look at it. Well, it came along pretty quickly, didn't it? Strangely. Mm. Um Oh, look, uh, total respect for Wayne Rooney as a as a player and actually, you know, what he did at Derby County as a manager. But, oh, I, it stinks. The whole thing absolutely stinks. It stenches. It, 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 just, it just does the whole uh, Eustace sacking and then... You know, that, that period of, uh, of time before Rooney was announced. You know, I feel for John Eustace more than anybody else. Um, look, it's up to Birmingham and, and the owners, the route they want to go down. And essentially the, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. If Wayne Rooney does a really job, a, a good job and gets Birmingham, uh, back to the, uh, the promised land, the Premier League, then you'll have to say it's the right decision. But based on where Birmingham were, and, and the direction they were heading in under John Eustace. This is a, this is a major gamble from Birmingham. And, you know, they're probably looking at the commercial value, the sponsorships, uh, you know, that, 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 that people will look at Birmingham in a different way. But essentially, if you're a Birmingham City fan, you just want to get promoted and you want the best person in place, the best, best, best person for the job. And it's questionable whether Wayne Rooney is the best person for the job, but you have to give him a chance, of course. The background to it is that John Eustace had got Birmingham to, um, had first of all kept Birmingham in the championship and had now got them to, to sixth place in the championship where they currently are um, and was uh, sacked on Monday. Um, Chief Executive Gary Cook, um, who has who was at Manchester City when City tried to take Rooney from Manchester United um, and has a relationship with, with Rooney that we know about, um, when he was explaining that sacking to supporters, um, he claimed that following following a series of meetings over a number of months, it became clear that there was a misalignment with the leadership of the club. When this happens, the best thing to do is to part company. Mm. Now, that seems to me as though um, that's a way of dressing up the fact that he wanted to appoint his mate. If you feel that that that, that somebody is not the right person for the job, then... I think that from Birmingham's point of view, they 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 would have and should have acted earlier if they felt so strongly a while ago. And the fact they didn't do, and the way this is all sort of crowbarred or or mushed together now with with Rooney coming in, I mean, this is this was the the worst kept secret in football, wasn't it? That that you know when Eustace lost his job, we all knew who was going to take over, but there was that that period, and, and I just I you, you know. It's just not a good look for Wayne Rooney, whatever way, you know, 
you want to you want to dress this up. It, you know, it's it's not my sympathies with with John Eustace, but I, but I do, I, you know, I've got to say, I do think you know we have to give Wayne Rooney a chance. He, he did really well at Derby. Didn't really follow him in, in in the US. By all accounts, didn't do great things in the US. But this is you know a new challenge for him. But ultimately, at the end of the season, that's where we judge. How, will Birmingham improve under Rooney? And if they do, we have to say, well, that was a we might even say as a masterstroke. I mean, it can occasionally happen. I remember years ago when Southampton sacked Nigel Adkins, who was doing a good job for them and hired this coach from Argentina that none of us knew anything about. And everybody criticised Southampton endlessly. That coach was Mauricio Pochettino. And uh, look what happened to Southampton while Pochettino was there. You've got to say, this has been a a very public affair. And the truth of it is, and I don't know whether we should say this, but most managers get tapped up, don't they? Football is 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 a... industry in which sadly it pays to be selfish it pays to look after yourself and that's exactly what Wayne Wayne Rooney has done and that's what 90% of people in this game that we love so much do so it happens every manager gets tapped up what I would say by the way before we move to our final section um, put one date in your diary December the 16th Birmingham City versus Leicester City Wayne Rooney versus Jamie Vardy. I wonder if the two wives will be coming to watch that one. And if so, whether they'll be in the same executive box. Wow. That, that, that is, look at your face, look at your face light up. That is, you're trying not to smile. That is really mischievous of you, that. Yeah, it's true though, isn't it? Yeah, it's true though. I mean, that's going to be a cracker. Oh, that's going to be a, that's that's awful. Be a cracker. I mean, there'll be in, there'll be Instagram posts. There'll be more. There'll be more Instagram posts, and he can shake your left foot at. Seriously, that will be what, one to what's, look So to. really, I mean, all you all you all you journo's, you'll be thinking of the the headline before the game, won't you? That's one for you to think about for Monday right, show. Chris, just Chris, Chris, can I just say to you? When people say to journalists, oh, all you're doing is looking for a headline. Oh, you're just looking for a story. Well, yes. Well, of course we are. What else What else are we doing? But I want you to think of a headline for Monday for the big game in December. A headline. What headline before it's taken place? I mean, normally yeah, you put a headline because in you, the game, you've bigged it up superbly. You, know you know, like, like, the, like the Wagatha, the Wagatha Christie stuff. I mean, you know, you need to come up and you need to be creative. It might be difficult for you. Give me time. Give me time, my friend. Give me time. Um, Now, Referees Mic'd Up, that's the programme that went out on Sky and TNT on Tuesday. Howard Webb in the studio with Michael Owen raking over the coals of some of the recent referee decisions, good, bad and indifferent. The Kovacic's uh, tackle on Odegaard at Arsenal on Sunday was probably the talking point of a very poor game. And when they dealt with that on the programme, they didn't deliver the audio between the VAR officials and the match officials. And that felt a bit strange to me. The programme gave us the audio on the between the VAR and the match officials on the on the Lewis Diaz disallowed goal. They did it on um, a penalty decision um, at, in the Luton and Wolves game from a few weeks ago. They gave it on a, a, a disallowed goal at the Luton-Tottenham game at the weekend. They did it when uh, they gave us the audio from when Malo Gusto was sent off playing for Chelsea a couple of weeks ago. But then when it came to Kovacic, they didn't do it. 
and it just felt odd. So I've seen the re- reports. I've not actually watched the the whole show. I've seen some of the clips. Do you do you think? Do you agree with a lot of the the reporting that Howard Webb got an easy ride? I'm not going to I'm not going to lay into Michael Owen, who was the host. Michael Owen did a perfectly okay job. Um, but Michael Owen is a, as we know, is a former footballer turned um, TV pundit. He's not a presenter. I've not seen him present the show before, so I don't know why they chose him. I don't know why they didn't choose a, uh, you know, Dave Jones or somebody, you know, from Sky, you know, a seasoned and trained interviewer stroke broadcaster. And I think Howard got, Howard got an easy ride at the end and he got an easy ride on the Kovacic one because he tried to claim that Kovacic, um, wasn't sent off because his contact on Odegaard's ankle was slightly lower than the contact that Malagusto made on his opponent's ankle when he was sent off after a VAR review. But it made no no reference to the fact that Malagusto clearly took the ball and followed through to make contact, whereas Kovacic was nowhere near the ball. He should have been sent off and Howard Webb should just have stood in front of the camera and said, this was a mistake. He should have gone. And he didn't say that. And he felt a little bit like he was trying to protect his colleagues and his staff. And I was a little bit uncomfortable with that. Mm. And, and, and uh, uh, just in terms of the whole show, I mean, you didn't want it on anyway, uh, but having watched it, have you changed your mind? Not really. I just, I don't, I feel for the referees that that's my point. I, I feel for the referees. They should be accountable for their mistakes but I don't know if, if every time they make mistakes, then they all, they, they'll be, I don't know if we need to be treated to the level of detail that we are. I think that should be left to Howard Webb and his team to deal with and to improve things. Let's give it a bit of time and, uh, you know, and see how we go on. I just look, I, th- I think everything I've read, uh, and everything I've seen about the show, I, I think most people wanted the sort of, the big questions asked and some of those didn't materialize, but I, I do think it's, you know, let's just wait and see. But I do think that Howard Webb is, is trying to do the right thing. The motives are laudable. Howard Webb's motives are laudable. I think the way he's approached his job as head of PGMOL is PGM, PGMOL is um, very, very uh, admirable. I think he does it the right way. I think he's got the best intentions. I think he's a great figurehead. Um, I just not sure that, that we needed this. That was all. Before we go, um, your um, mate, Robbie Savage, his lad, Charlie, made his um, debut for Wales uh, last night. And um, I had people sending me messages last night telling me how well he'd done. Um, that's that's lovely to see. Sav, Sav will be chuffed to bits by that, won't he? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm made up for both of them. I, I am. You know, it's it, it, it's difficult being the, the son of a, uh, a, a famous footballer. Mm. And, uh, you know, he's brought up at Manchester United. He was a tidy player at Manchester United. He's gone to Reading, playing regularly at Reading. So it, it's really great to see. From what I've seen of him, um, you know, looks a, a, a really good technician. He's a young man, needs to develop, but really delighted for, uh, for Robbie and Charlie. Has he, got, has he got a better hair than his dad? <laughs> I think most have. I mean, it's just, he's unfortunate, Charlie is, because his dad, because his dad is such a clown. I mean, he, you know, and he has to sort of, you know, take a fair bit of flack because of that. But, uh, no, I'm really pleased for Rob. He's, he's, you know, I, I know just from spending a lot of time with him, he, he, he dotes on Charlie and, uh, it's, it's, it's a great story. It really is. Robbie was a much better footballer than people give him credit for. Very, very good passer of a ball. 
very good dead ball um, deliverer. I think people have this image of him as, as kind of flying into tackles and running around and and all the rest of it. I think he was. I think he was a much better football than that. Yeah, and but you say this, it's because you know most most football fans around the country didn't like him because he used to wind up the opposition. I think from mm. uh, within the game and where it actually. Uh, this is being disrespectful, but where opinions really count, but other footballers would tell you exa- exactly what you have said. Robbie Savage was, uh, you know, a, a yeah. really excellent footballer and well respected within the game. So good luck to Charlie with all he does. Um, mate, uh, really good to see you, and I'll see you on Monday for our next episode of It's All Kicking Off. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.